Lefty, lefty, of course, is irresponsible and is late again. That is typical of liberals. Just need to get that jab in here. For the second time since the beginning of the year, we're having a super special guest. Isn't that right, Frank? That's right. Absolutely. Our special guest today is Senator Brad Zahn, who represents Urbandale, Johnston, a little bit of Waukee. Now Grimes. Grimes. Goes up to Grimes a little bit. So we have him in the studio. Um, yeah, I took, my, I took my beads out after I got back. I'm no longer quite as Hawaiian as I used to be. So, <laughs> Brad, thanks for coming in today. How have things been going for you? Well, great. And I would have to say that uh, I wouldn't consider I would be at the level of a very highly special guest. But it's good to see you. You look relaxed. Oh, thanks. I was saying you were on a little trip, and, and uh, you look great. Uh, well, I, well, what I understand is... The moment you left, I showed up. Yeah, it was. So, uh, it's a beautiful area to be. So oh yeah, I would so, love to, love to live there someday. Yeah. You know, during the winters. Did you like my shave ice I I posted for you on Facebook yes, there? I did. That was yes. good. That's, yeah, that's great. Do you like that shave ice out yes, there? Yes, I do. Yes, All right. I do. Yeah. How'd you like traveling out there as a conservative in the land of leftydom? Uh, actually, there was a couple times when we took tours uh, where some uh, very extreme liberal views were broadcast that were very inaccurate to all of us in the tour group that I had to correct uh, the <laughs> tour guide. Uh, so, But you know what? I kind of decided that where I was at and, uh, uh, you know, where I was at the island that I was on, uh, I could probably handle it because it's about 75 to 85 degrees every day consistently. Yep. There's all the chickens I would ever be able to eat for the rest <laughs> of my life on that island. That's right. And uh, so really everybody was great people. And definitely there is they have a leftist view. Uh, and some of the stuff I can understand from an environmental because that is a very beautiful island. And all the islands are yep. beautiful. So it was a great place to be. Kauai is where I was at. And, yeah. and uh, so uh, I got along just fine. I really right. did you know, I got the opportunity to spend a little bit of time uh, in some of those really nice little places where they serve you a cold uh, beverage. Yes. Uh, some of that barley pop. And, and uh, so I enjoyed uh, spending a lot of time and talking to some of the different people around there. Yeah, that's a very interesting, uh, it's a very interesting culture. What is, uh, when we were out there, the big thing was, uh, you know, when we were out there, that was the anniversary of uh, Queen Lili Ukulani being deposed. And they were talking about how they wanted their Hawaiian island backs just for the natives and and all this. And so one of the people that was talking, I said, so you guys are going to go back to a monarchy? Well, no, we're not going to do that. Well, what are you going to do? Well, it's going to be a constitutional monarchy. Okay. And I'm like, uh, you know, fine if that's what you want, right. you know. Right. But, you know, I think the, the people of Hawaii voted long ago, and I think it was 1959 to become a state. And, uh, you know, there, there is a very small population that would like to return it to a constitutional monarchy, but I think overall they're, they're happy the way they happen. are. I don't I think, think they're so. They're all either. pretty happy. And, uh, you know, what really surprised me is the medium income, and I can't, don't ask me to quote it, uh, but it's fairly low considering the cost of living is yeah. so astronomically high there. Absolutely. There's... There's and in fact, um, that was one of the subjects that was brought up at this um, medical committee or medical uh, conference that I was at. Um, is the many factors that go in the cost of living. One, they have to ship everything there, but the second thing is is they've been afraid of big retailers. You know, they really don't want Kmart's and Sears and Costco's and Walmart's all over the island. Mm -hmm. 
Well, on the big island, they have a Costco and a Target that have lowered the prices significantly. Mm-hmm. The the second thing is is uh, most of these, uh, um, you know, you always have speculators. The speculators come in, buy all the land, mm-hmm. and now the Hawaiians can't afford to live there. So yeah. it was a very interesting discussion. So you've introduced a very controversial bill about elim- eliminating <laughs> eliminating uh, traffic cams, making them illegal. Give us a little bit of a background and tell us what the what your bill says. Well, I have several bills. Uh, All right. There's a lot of problems with these traffic cameras, and I actually met with the transportation chair and the Department of Transportation today to figure out what direction that we're going to go. I will uh, probably this be the first that I would say publicly. Uh, there will be a traffic camera uh, bill on uh, that we will be discussing in the Iowa Senate that will probably be voted on. Uh, so um, really, you know, Pat, my biggest concern is that there seems like there's a proliferation of these cameras all over the state of Iowa. And uh, I think you, Iowans, are taking, be, being taken advantage of. Uh, I just talked to someone today at the Capitol that has uh, told me that they received a, a fine up in Sioux City for going 10 miles an hour over the speed limit and he got a ticket in the mail for $160. I mean, I think it's a little bit excessive. There's an example of a small community in southeastern Iowa with a population of 1,431 people that are considering installing a red light uh, traffic camera. Um, I'd really scratch my head and, uh, and question around that town square when there's 1,431 people, and this is way off the interstate system, uh, if there's really a lot of accidents that justifies this yeah. camera. Um, not to mention, I have a problem with due process. Uh, I don't think it's right. Uh, you're guilty, and then uh, you know you, we have the opposite. It was created by our founding fathers. Uh, I can go on and on and on. I mean, there's a lot of reasons and problems with this. Not to mention, most of the viewers out there probably don't realize that anywhere from 40 to 60 percent of that money goes to an out-of-state, out-of-country company. It doesn't go to your community. Well, uh, so it's we- just really problematic. Well, would you be more comfortable if these municipalities simply call it a tax? Uh, if they just would be out front about it, and, you know, uh, certainly I think we pay way too many taxes the way it is, but if they would be more honest about that, uh, to answer your question is no, I wouldn't be some more, some more supportive of it. I think we're taxed enough with all the communities, and they have a lot of different avenues they could do. Okay. Uh, but uh, I really have a problem. That's not the subject. The subject is these traffic cameras, and, and I certainly – uh, well, I recognize that I have a very uphill battle on uh, that being banned completely, but I do predict there will be some legislation uh, that will really kind of reel these cameras in on the, on, the, on the local level. All right. We have about a minute left in, the, in this segment before we take a break. Um, one, of the, one of the arguments for traffic cameras is that it actually helps uh, control accidents and, and fatalities and injuries at intersections that are busy throughout the throughout the city, uh, the city released a study that showed um, um, a reduction uh, percentage wise of about fifty percent, but in actual number wise, I think they reduced accidents by six. Do you buy into that theory that it's really just about safety, or do you really think that it's more about just trying to make budgets meet? I recognize there's some safety aspects. I do not advocate anyone breaking traffic laws. Uh, if it was about 100% about safety, the amendment that I filed last year that put a cap on how much these violations that the cities could charge for 
Uh, the sk- cities, I heard from them very loudly. I filed it three or four days beforehand just to get a reaction out of them, and they were very upset about that. Secondly, uh, in regards to safety, I recognize in Cedar Rapids along 380, which is a raised road, it's very curvy. It probably did improve safety around that area. But I have data that was provided, it's about a year old, from the city of Clive, where they've installed the red light cameras, where rear-end accidents have increased since they put the cameras in. All right, great. We're with our uh, special guest, uh, Senator Brad Zahn. We're going to take a quick one-minute break. We'll be back afterwards. We're going to talk a little bit about what, what's been going on in your business and everything else when we come back. Thank you. All right, this is Doc with Doc and Lefty. We'll be back right after the break. You're listening to us every Tuesday from 6 to 7 p.m. on webcast1live.com. We'll be back in just in a minute. From the REMAX Real Estate Concept Studios, this is Webcast One Live. Drug and alcohol addiction slowly steals a person's identity, tearing away pieces of their life little by little until one day it seems like the hope of a happy future is gone and there's no chance of getting it back. Here at St. Gregory Retreat Centers, we can assure you that there is hope. Our unique approach to recovery begins with the understanding that the dysfunction and damage caused by addiction can be overcome not just dealt with. Don't let another day go by. Call St. Gregory today. It's like they want to get hit. Need a body shop? This is Doc with Doc and Lefty. Oh, my goodness. Lefty actually made it. How's it going? Uh, doing all right. You look like you just rolled out of bed. Did you forget it was Tuesday? I, I did not forget it was Tuesday, but I had a, uh, I had a, a lot of work to do at the office today. And as our, our good friend and our special guest, uh, the center, knows that when you run a small business, sometimes it runs you. And so I was, uh, I was getting uh, together some things that I probably could have left until tomorrow, except that I sort of told the guy that it'd get in the mail. And when you certify a, a particular postmark date, if you go past that, it's kind of a problem. So I had to get that stuff done. And I'm, but I'm, it's a shame. It's a shame that I was late today for a number of reasons. One, welcome back. Oh, thank you, thank you. But two, you, you started off with the traffic cam and. As the uh, the designated uh, wacky liberal of the group here, this is something that the senator and I agree very strongly on. I've I've had a problem with the uh, the traffic cam since um, I think they they came they came from uh, was it a it was someplace out east the, the the initial studies were not done in the Midwest they were done out east these uh, these experimental things and you know more about this than me but they came in and I was at the uh, first. Um, arguments at the Supreme Court level, the ACLU in the city of Davenport, and listened to Justice Wiggins just pillory the city of Davenport attorney and thought to myself, well, first of all, Justice Wiggins is kind of a jerk in in that sort of like hard questioning kind of sense, not personally. I happen to know him personally. He's a really nice guy. But the city attorney had no answers for his questions. And and uh, it got me thinking that these things are just a revenue booster. That's that's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. It has nothing to do with safety. It it puts a person in a position to get a, a criminal penalty when um, a no police officer uh, investigates the crime, deprives them of due process, and I think they're a problem. Well, you 
Brad and I and you all agree on that. I mean, hey, that's don't, exactly don't what he said. Oh, uh, yeah. That's <laughs> Show's over. You know, I want to tell you uh, that really, and I've heard from thousands of Iowans, mm-hmm. this is not a partisan thing. It's not. Um, it really I will isn't. tell you that uh, last year I had an amendment to ban these things. The House actually did it. Uh, and I had the votes on the floor to get this bill through. And uh, it was because it was ruled out of order non-germane uh i did not get get that to advance i'll tell you what i've noticed it's almost more of a younger versus older argument older people seem to somewhat uh favor these traffic cameras more than the younger people just can't stand well you know it's an it's an economic hardship um i got i i do have a car that goes very fast Mm -hmm. and you know i can't go down to 35 simply because if i'm in sixth gear I can't go less than seventy. So well, why? You know, why but hold on a second. I mean, the, the natural response would be, "Why you got to be in sixth gear?" Well, why, why <laughs> have a car that goes fast if you can't go fast? <laughs> no, I'm clowning around about yeah. that. But the, the the bottom line is, is it's an economic hardship for people that are young, particularly in this economy. You know, if they're driving down the road, um, and I've had several patients say, "You know, I just got one of those tickets on the way over here." You know, mm-hmm. last time I came to visit you. Well, you know, suddenly you're adding eighty dollars to a you know forty five dollar doctor's visit. Well, it, you know what, what frustrates me about the whole the whole theory of it, and I think that the senator can probably uh, speak to this um, better than I could, is that the 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 traffic stop, even though there are lots and lots of problems with traffic stops, as we know, I mean, or there can be potentially lots and lots of problems, both on the law enforcement side and on the person that's being stopped. They're very important to how um, these things are regulated and. You take the power away from the police office to investigate these things. I mean, I've I've been pulled over a few times, like when I was in high school and college, where the officer said, "Okay, you're going a little fast. So what 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 were you doing?" And even though there is no legal excuse for ever speeding, and the county attorney will tell you that for sure, um, that investigator is able to assess the situation and make the judgment that he or she thought was best given the circumstances of the stop. And these take that yeah. complete that control completely out of law enforcement's hands. Absolutely. Now, what I do know is, uh, at least in Urbandale, they have a policeman that reviews that tape. But the okay. problem is, the problem is, is if you stop a little bit short and then go, it looks just like you're on the red line. Sure. So I'm all for Brad. Well, first of all, Urbandale doesn't have not to correct you, but uh, the intention but was. I meant, that, I meant Clive. Yeah. Is what I meant. If they, Sorry. Uh, if but Clive supposedly does have a police officer, and I could just give you cite all kinds of examples where. Uh, the the fine that was sent out was wrong. I actually just had someone send me a video, but you do get a videotape of it yep. uh, where yes. it was a, a, someone that just got off second shift. It was a snowstorm. There was nobody at 128th and Hickman Road, and you could see the video. They hit their brakes. Clearly you could see their lights go on, and then they slid because of the snow, and they got a violation too as well. So mm. Yeah. So we're going to talk with Brad. A little bit about his business and what he's doing now. Well, he was um, with R and R for a bit, and now mm-hmm. he's starting his own uh, shop. Just uh, yeah, I have a partner, uh, and what we do is we're an IT staffing company, uh, and uh, located in West Des Moines. We also have a mobile apps development company, uh, and it's really been a great business to be in, and and I have great people that I work with. I hear those mobile apps are the next big thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, um, that that's a. Young versus yeah. old kind of thing is, I don't know. Mobile apps are thing, going though. to be for corporations and companies uh, what the websites were 15, 20 years ago. They're absolutely essential. They're yeah. absolutely essential. All right. So so explain to us a little bit about 
where you where you develop your IT personnel that you can send out. Uh, we have an office in Chennai, India, uh, so we have some recruiters there. Uh, we have several recruiters here in West Des Moines that go out there and we look for people. We get we send those people out to you know conferences like a SAS conference or a, a BA or and I'm talking uh, you mm-hmm. know IT stuff, uh, information security conferences all over the United States. We find out most of the IT people that are out there. Uh, there's a lot of them that are full-time employed, but a lot of it's contract work. The larger corporations have a contract, like a 24-month contract, and we send our people out to find out when their contract's due and if they got the talent that we think uh, would look make us look good, we just try to place them in different companies. Mm-hmm. About 60% of our business is outside of the state of Iowa, and 40% is in the state of Iowa. Oh, so that's why you're traveling a lot. Yes, I travel right. a lot. So um, kind of... If you, if you, I don't want to have you divulge any of the sort of the tricks of the trade for in your business, but if you, if there are any uh, folks out there who are um, looking about starting their own business or especially in the IT field, um, do you do, or were you able to do most of that with financing or, or how did you kind of get the ball rolling? Uh, well, my partner started the company uh, and, uh, and I'm, a, I'm an investor in the company. Uh, so to answer your question, no, I didn't have any loans like that. Uh, he started uh, with one employee, you know, and, and worked. Uh, like a second or a third shift uh, to, to raise, you know, to build his business. And really, quite frankly, he worked all the time. And he started, you know, kind of built the business up. Uh, I know this because I worked at R&R Realty, like Pat said, and uh, I put him in his first office. It was a very small office, and he just grew, 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 grew. And he's the director of staffing, and I'm the director of sales and marketing, and it's a perfect match. Oh, yeah. A politician being a great salesman. Who would have thought that? <laughs> Right. I've always sold all my life way before I was in public service. <laughs> That's terrific. Now, what goes into developing an app? Uh, you know, I would have to tell you we have uh, some great people that do that. Uh, people have to realize that what you're doing versus a website is you've got to build something that's functional on the size of a screen like this. Um, and, uh, you know, of course, the iPhone and the iPad is a lot easier because there's really only one platform they use. Mm-hmm. Droids, there's probably 60 platforms. And then, of course, you get into the BlackBerry. Uh, and uh, it's very challenging. You have to know what you're doing uh, okay. in regards to designing those so they don't get shut down. But there's so many different varieties of Androids that are out there. What's been the biggest challenge for you with your new career? Really, uh, just uh, having the time. Uh, you know, of course, sure. being a public servant takes a lot of time. Uh, and he's, uh, you know, we've got something worked out with uh, my business partner that allows me to do this. And uh, But uh, travel, I travel a lot. Um, usually east coast, south, west coast. Uh, never just kind of in the Midwest, very seldom. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that takes a lot of time away from the family. Uh, I do work around my Senate responsibilities. Uh, and uh, have not missed any votes. Uh, I don't know that it mi- I don't think I've ever missed a vote because of my business. Probably have, you know, if it's mm-hmm. a personal situation with a family. But uh, so it's just been a really good business. Who would ever think selling bolts and nuts on 70th and Douglas that I'd be in IT, which really uh, I can tell you that my expertise in IT has really grown vastly because I'm probably a lot like you, Pat. I mean, there's I'm very limited on what I could do. I'm a guy that opens up doors. And sells mm-hmm. our product, and then I let our people that know more about IT than me, yeah. uh, you know, finish it out. So. And that, that's a very smart strategy. Now, we're going to take another quick commercial break for about one minute. Um, who are you going to listen to this time, Frank? For the break, Tom Coates. All right, Tom Coates with uh, 
Town Financial. So thanks to Tom and to Brian Leach for sponsoring the station and helping us be able to put our show on the air. Um, we'll be back after the break. There's some political questions I want to ask Brad. And uh, we're here every uh, Tuesday from 6 to 7 p.m. on webcast1live.com. We'll be back right after the break. From the REMAX Real Estate Concept Studios, this is Webcast One Live. Whether you're 10, 25, 50, 80 years old and beyond, everyone needs to live within their means. I'm Tom Coates with Consumer Credit of America. For almost a quarter of a century, we've helped people of all ages learn to manage their personal finances to benefit them far into the future. When problems arise, we've got the experience you need to make those debt problems go away. Got financial problems? Call Consumer Credit of America. If Tom Coates from Consumer Credit of America was your personal webmaster, Tom would filter out all bad debt emails. If Tom was your mailman, you'd never get any debt reduction junk mail. If Tom Coates was a lineman, he'd block any phone calls offering to reduce your credit card debt. Hi, I'm Tom Coates with Consumer Credit of America, and we're still your best choice for credit counseling. We're local, we're accountable, and we can do more. You make the call when the time's right for you. When it comes to competition, there really is none for Consumer Credit of America. This is Doc with Doc and Lefty. Thanks for tuning in tonight. We have our very special Uber guest. Highest profile yet. Yet. Uh, Senator Brad Zahn. Thanks for joining us tonight, Brad. Well, you guys are pretty hard up if I'm the highest profile. <laughs> well, hey, 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 that kind it of is hurt. We are hard up. He's speaking truth first, now. It is the first of the year, so let's assume <laughs> that you're going to have a lot more important people than me. Well, well I'm, I'm I, sure that all six people are really enjoying the talk that we're having. Yes. Well, <laughs> no, we're, we're at least up to 18. Eight, 18? Yeah, I made my staff. I told my staff if <laughs> they're not listening, they're getting fired. So. <laughs> so you can track who's watching you? No. All right. <laughs> but, we're just guessing. Yeah, we're okay. we're we're praying. Um, I did have a, I did have a question though, and uh, I don't know if you'd heard, but uh, long time uh, Iowa Senator Tom Harkin retired. Uh-huh. I, don't, I I don't know if I'm breaking any Think news I here. I heard tonight. that something yeah. about that. And I'm wondering, with all this uh, high profile national and international travel you've been doing, if you're considering, I know that you take you're starting a new business and you're uh, you're pretty busy with that, but I'm wondering if you uh, have been considering making a run for that seat in two years. Um. To answer your question is yes, I am. Uh, really, this is two years away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had a lot of people I've heard from. Really, you are one of the first people I heard from uh, when this story did break. I've heard from, I'd say, over 100 people uh, asking me to consider it. I, I would be, uh, first of all, I'd be premature to tell you for sure if I'm going to do it. Second of all, uh, I want to see what the field looks like. Um, there are certain people that I really don't want to promote on this show that I probably would not run if they got in. And secondly, my business is growing very well. I have had some conversations with my business partner, and he's uh, very supportive of this if I do decide to do this. Uh, and we're still having the conversations at home with my wife and, and uh, kids, And uh, but it is something that I would have to say that I'm very flattered that I would be concerned for. Uh, I do think we need to send people to Washington, D.C. that are outsiders. Um, I think we need, and that, that cuts both ways with Democrats and Republicans. I actually just filed a bill on term limits, which we really, I think, uh, should consider for our national people as well. But 
Um, I am considering it, and it would work with my business. Luckily, my business has been very good. Uh, and uh, so uh, we'll see what happens. Time will tell. Just as an aside, Blake, Blake saw how hard I worked when, when we were running with each other. Mm-hmm. That's the way I like to phrase it. <laughs> and uh, Blake saw how hard I worked, and he can also tell you that the most frustrating thing that I would bitch at him – oops, sorry – that I would complain Internet to him radio. about, yes, um, was, um, you know, I would say, you know, I just went to this neighborhood, knocked on all these doors, and they always said, there's a guy named Brad Zahn just came through here. He beat me every time at every neighborhood. This is the hardest working politician we got in Iowa. And for my per money, that's the kind of guy we need. The guy is willing to go out there, pound the pavement, work hard, find out what he, what he needs to do, be able to delegate the things that he knows is beyond his expertise, and be able to listen to what the people have to say. That's just my own personal thing. I hope it didn't say anything that well, offended you there. No, 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 so. no. First of all, I didn't deserve that. Um, that's very nice of you to say that. Uh, I do work hard when I campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I ran for mayor would be a great example. I hit every door in uh, Urbandale to run against a 20-year sitting uh, mayor. I did the exact same thing when I ran for state senate. I ran in a Democratic district yeah. uh, and had some, you know, and the results were very good. I won every Democratic precinct, but one, I lost like six votes. But I work hard, but I just want to have conversations. But I want to tell you, this is a great example. Is I uh, got an email from someone today uh, that she sent me three different emails. They were all cut and paste emails about sure. uh, three different issues that were very liberal that she was advocating for, and I said to her, Hey, this is where I'm at. Boom, 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 boom. I'm a little pecker. I don't spend a lot of time and drag on my conversation. But she said to me, she goes, you know what? I appreciate you always responding. And I'm hearing that more and more from people that are, from, that are having conversations with their elected people or their elected representatives that are not responding. And, you know, our job is to take all the phone calls, return all the phone calls, do as many forums as you can, but most importantly, do the legwork. You know, what was unfortunate about my run for Congress that was very, and I'm talking about the general election, is here I worked my tail end off, and I lost by about 2.5%, and and my opponent never was anywhere. He showed up at parades, and I mean, but what happened is he relied on all this money uh, to just drag me through the mud, and I'm not trying to be partisan on you, I'm talking more from a a personal perspective, uh, and and so it's unfortunate that money seems to win these elections. Now, money doesn't win these primaries. I've had a lot of people say, well, what mm-hmm. if a big name gets in there? Uh, they're going to be out, outrageous money. But you know what? Ask Jim Gibbons about money and how, how well it did. In a primary, yeah. general is yeah. a lot different. Well, what I'd ask you, I'd ask you a couple of questions. Yeah. Um, one, since we did lose that, that House district um, and, uh, and Tom Latham took that seat, which I'm sure that you two were pretty pleased to see, and and frankly, even as a a fairly liberal a fairly liberal Democrat, um, I kind of I saw the writing on the wall, especially with the way that the uh, the registration shifted after after the districts got redrawn. But first, uh, first part of the question, and I think I know the answer. Do you think that had that happened in your race, given the Republican momentum that was happening in 2010, do you think that that would have been the outcome would have been different? And then the second, do you think that the shifting demographics would allow someone like you who I, I think that, you know, in the, the the press and sort of Iowa punditry kind of labels as a more re- conservative Republican, even even though I we kind of know that 
that you like to keep an open mind about a lot of different issues, um, knowing you personally, do you think that you would have enough of the the demographics to win a statewide a statewide election when you haven't done so yet? Uh, to answer your question, boy, I'd really like to know the answer. Um, no doubt about it that you get branded a certain way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that the that the Republicans uh, many times are wrong on issues, and I'm the first to say that they're wrong on issues. I believe that the Democrats are wrong on more issues, and I don't mean that in a partisan way. Uh, but you know, uh, that district, uh, the the new district that they ran in, the numbers did improve. The one reason why I ran for Congress uh, four years ago is I knew it was going to be a big Republican year, which it was. I mean, right. nationally it was. Uh, it was a, a midterm election, and uh, I thought even though the numbers were not in my favor, in fact, it would be kind of a miracle to get that thing. Uh, I knew that because of the timing, timing's everything in politics, yep. I had a shot. To answer your question statewide, uh, I do believe that I would be very marketable uh, statewide especially the east side of the state. I mean, the east side of the state, we kind of got a divide going yep. on here. It's more Republican in the west and the east. Uh, so I think I would be a very remarkable. But most importantly, I am an outsider. I'm not someone in Washington, D.C. Listen, the facts are this. We are in problems financially, not because just the Democrats. It's been on steroids lately, but the Republicans started the whole thing. And I'm just going to call a spade a spade. And so... I think that if you're an outsider and I'm very independent, uh, that I think I would get a good, con- uh, you know, a good uh, consideration. Now, uh, all the negative ads are written uh, mm-hmm. about me, uh, which was very unfortunate. They were mostly lies and misrepresentations. Uh, it's all news. Yes, I've made mistakes in the past. I've struggled financially. I admitted that that I did that. But you know, if I do decide to run again, it's not headline material. It's already been out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that. Uh, you know, the way I was portrayed at the very end, I know that Nancy Pelosi dropped like $250,000 into that race like the last two weeks. I was sunk. It was like five different negative ads against me. It's like a death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. And uh, so I'm considering it. I don't want any of your listeners or you all to think that I've made my decision up, uh, but I'm certainly uh, very flattered that people would even consider me for this. Could you beat uh, Steve King? No. <laughs> all right. Well... Well, rats, I wish you would have waited on that one. Can you stay for another segment? Sure, you bet. All right, we are here with our super-duper uber special guest, Senator Brad Zahn, hardest-working man in politics. Uh, You're listening to Doc and Lefty on webcast1live.com. We'll be back right after the break. I'm Brian Leach, owner and general manager of Service Legends. Oh, I brought uh, along a couple of the uh, home comfort heroes. <laughs> Hi, I'm Tammy Wells. I am Nick Wondershot. I am administrative manager. I am the senior technician. I'm service legends. It seems like every good thing, when you feel it to the bone that it's good, there's a lot of hard work put behind it. You just, I, I don't think that you can fake it and have it turn out good. You know, if we seem like, okay, that's just weird, it's just a furnace, why would you believe so deeply in a furnace? It's not just that, you know, we want to show the world that you can have good service. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be, it's your home. You know, it's, it's built into our daily trainings, it's built into our culture, um, that we're going to do whatever it takes to have each client say they love us, period. That's why we spend all the hours in the training that we do, and if we guarantee it's going to be a good experience for you, or else it's free, what type of work do you think we're going to do? <laughs> there is a guarantee. 
Temperature selection guarantee, fixed rider, it's free guarantee, comfort guarantee, best value guarantee, all of these guarantees hold us accountable to ensuring that we exceed your expectations. And if for whatever reason we'd fail and we can't make it right, we guarantee all of those guarantees with a 100% money back guarantee. I mean, if you don't think that your technician can fix it right, are you going to say that to a client? No. <laughs> you don't have to worry about having a technician come to your house. We drug test, background check all of our team members. We put safe people in your home. Each and every one of our service techs, 400 hours a year in training. You tell it the minute they walk in the door. They know what they're doing, they've done their homework, and they actually truly care about what you want. Because at the end of the day, you're the person that makes sure I have a job. They're going to be listening. They're going to want to know what your challenges are. Then they're going to come and give you options, and, and you get to choose. If I'm there to help and I make it easy and painless, I did my job right that day. Well, when it comes to your comfort, safety, and your family, you know, you don't necessarily go buy the most expensive, but you get the most bang for your buck. Oh, it's worth it, because there's a lot of people that will find a way to get it to work right now, and then leave, and then come back, charge you again, and, and the cycle just repeats itself. So when I'm out there looking at the furnace, I want to find why it failed the day. How can we change the part today with something that you're not going to have to worry about? Is it worth changing the part today? I mean, you can put a lot of money into a furnace. I can fix parts all day. There's good job security in that for me. But is it the right thing for you? I get a lot of the phone calls of after the technicians are there. They're just in awe. They're like, wow, you guys are great. I mean, I don't even know what to say. You guys are great. Everything you did was perfect. It was great. <laughs> Keep going, though. I like this. <laughs> just give us a try. I'm going to take all the risk. I've got the time to make this right. I've got the support to make it right. Just check us out. And if you don't see the value in what we do. I mean, fixed right or it's free or 100% money back. Enough said. <laughs> this is Doc and Lefty. This is Lefty speaking, uh, bringing you back in from that uh, that break. I want to thank yeah. Service Legends for sponsoring uh, this program, the studio, and everything that we do here. We certainly appreciate Webcast One Live for giving us a forum to discuss the issues of the day. We're here with our special guest, uh, Senator Brad Zahn, and kind of you, you, you caught us a little uh, um, off guard there. We're yeah, sitting, thanks, Frank. Talking shop. Oh no, he was he was doing his job. We just don't have our headphones on. I will say we were talking a little bit of shop during the break and sort of all the the wonderful things that in the outtakes that you guys will never ever see. You'd really there'd be some, some salacious tidbits. I mean, Brad yes. taught me uh, just just informed me the younger guy in this group were all of the the uh, all all the guys that have ever gotten in trouble um, in the state house who they are and and where they live. <laughs> and, and we're creating a list. <laughs> Blake's checking. I did twice. not do that. No, he did do that. We're we're just giving Brad, ribbing him for some fun. Yeah. Just ribbing him for some fun. I do have a question. Uh, speaking of primaries, we were talking about primaries. You don't. I mean, you were pretty upfront. You don't think you can beat Steve King in a primary. Um, He'd be very difficult. He he would be difficult. I mean, anybody's going to be difficult to beat in a primary. What do you think of Carl Rove, basically creating this assassin super PAC? to eliminate people before they even get to the primary. Well, I really question uh, his, well, I don't question his motives. I think that that's wrong that he's doing that. Now, here's what I would tell you. I don't, I'm not here to defend what happened down in Missouri and the other state that happened. Um, we all know, and Pat, you've been in this yeah. shoes up in Tame, Iowa. Yeah. You remember? Yeah. Where something just comes out. It may be, a, it's the end of the day. That day was like at 8 o'clock at night. I'll never forget yeah. when you made nationwide news on that. Um, and I'm not going to go through mm -hmm. it all. But Thanks, because I've already apologized about 50 times, and that's how we started our show, what, but, that's right. two months ago? The point I'm making is you get tired and you say things sometimes. What you got to mm -hmm. do is make sure you get your sleep and you shut your mouth when you do that. Um, 
Ooh. I know humans make mistakes. Um, yeah. And I'm not justifying the comments that happened uh, wherever mm-hmm. that was, Missouri. I think it was despicable what was said there and how that was, you know, how that was done. Well, it was but, kind of all over. Not, I'm sorry to cut. I mean, I understand what you're saying. And as as the the president of all liberals, um, I absolved Doc of of what he did <laughs> yeah. and what he said. But the, I mean, the issue, the the larger issue is how politically sort of dumb. If I can use that word, dumb do you have to be when the national conversation had been steered very effectively by the president and his campaign team into a war on women and to just come out and say those knowing what the nation, the national mood that Mitt Romney was out of touch. The Republicans were out of touch. And then here you got Todd Aiken saying what he said. I just people make mistakes, but that's not that seems like a pretty easy one not to make. Uh, that is a big mistake that I would never do. Uh, but we are humans. We do make mistakes mm-hmm. from time to time. Uh, I think Mr. Rove's intention is let's not let this happen again. Uh, and let's try to find maybe someone that's maybe less of a grenade thrower. Uh, but I think a lot of the times you just got to tell it the way it is. And even though it might sound a little bit offensive at times. Uh, but I also think that uh, you know I've been a public servant for a long time. And you sit around a mayor's desk when you got those heated city council meetings when emotions are running high. Um, you always got to take a deep breath, and, and uh, I try to never let my emotions get involved uh, in when I have conversations with people. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think to answer your question, I think Mr. Rove is uh, trying to weed some of that stuff out. I don't agree with that. Uh, I think that uh, we need to, you know, there's a process, well, and we well, figure out who we want for the nominee. And, well, he, he stated, Carl Rove over the weekend stated specifically that he's targeting people that are backed by the Libertarian Party or our branch of the Libertarian Party and uh, targeting people supported by the Tea Party because he believes it, it drags the party too far right. Well, and so my my thing would be, you know, because he thinks that, one, they're damaging, and two, that they're irrelevant. That's basically the flavor that you got from the, okay. from the talks. Do you think that the Tea Party at this point is irrelevant? Are you kidding me? No. You know, there's no organization with a Tea Party. It's a bunch of Americans that have said, I'm sick and tired of what's going on in Washington, D.C. They're really actually more the libertarians. They're, they're everybody here. I mean, we had the opportunity as Republicans to embrace all the Ron Paul people that have got more involved. They had all this passion. They were younger, typically younger. And as far as I'm concerned, we didn't listen to what they were saying. I mean... I think that we're missing opportunities here. You know, I think that there is a lot of Americans out there. In fact, I would question if there isn't more independents than there are Democrats and Republicans in each party. I don't know the latest figures, but I would question that. And there's a reason for that, because the current party system that's out there right now, it's broken. It's not working. It's not defending the use and eyes of the world. What this new part, what the Republicans did, they've turned into an establishment party. And boy, I'll tell you, you better walk the line with those parties, Democrats and Republicans, or you're going to pay for it. You know, well, that is not what it was our founding fathers had envisioned for us to come down there. Not to make a lifetime out of this thing. Not to mention all the legislation, the crappy legislation that they exempt themselves from, but everybody else has got to eat what they sent out of Washington, D.C. So I really, truly believe that um, we. I, I don't know. I don't obviously don't know enough about what Mr. Rove did or what he was trying to do. But, hey, listen, we have a process, and our process is pretty darn healthy. Yes, I'd like to see a little bit more improved. 
But the election process in the state of Iowa is a very clean process here. And let's let people come out, have the debates, and have the conversations, find out where they're at on the issues, and let the people vote. But I do know this. I hear from so many people that are sick and tired of what's going on in Washington, D.C., and they do not think that they're being heard. And I'm one Iowan that does not think I'm being heard in Washington, D.C. And, heck, I'm, a, I'm an Iowa State senator. Yeah. You know, I got first of all, and I and I and I really um, sort of uh, uh, kind of hear what you're saying. First, the first thing that I'd say, just in response to, the, to that uh, to the exchange, is that for Karl Rove to complain that the party's getting too conservative is pretty psychotic sounding to me. I mean, talk about the architect well, well, of the the biggest right shift since Ronald Reagan. It, I mean, he did it. it. So so to worry about that, but I think, and I just want to get some perspective on this. This is a thought that I had when I heard his comments. You, you've got the guy that built one of the biggest super PACs in history, probably the biggest uh, one in history, and spent a lot of money trying to get Mitt Romney and, and congressional Republicans elected. And, his, and you know, it, it's, a, it's a sort of tongue-in-cheek measure, but his ROI was pretty terrible yeah. in, the, in the 2012 election. I wonder, and this is just speculation on my part, but it kind of if you feel like I'm maybe on the right track, I wonder if his donors didn't come to him and say, Carl, because they're yeah, looking at it as be. an economic decision. And so big money is kind of working against the Republican Party in a way that I don't think the Karl Rove or anybody else when uh, Citizens United came down thought was going to happen. Is that – am I way off track? Is that something that – Well, there's always been a rumor, and Brad would know these power players more than I do, but there's always been a rumor that Karl Rove wants to drag the Republican Party back into the middle. It'd be much more like Reagan when he was first elected, even though right then he was considered a radical Republican. So that's that's what I've heard. I, I think Carl Rove's intentions are to get Republicans elected. Yeah. Uh, I believe in the Republican Party. I'm a small business person. People ask me, why are you a Republican? It's because from a business owner's perspective, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to you, they represent my values a lot more, and there's so, some social issues that I feel the same way. And uh, so, But I think he's trying to get more Republicans Listen, you got to stand up for what you believe in. You got to tell it the way it is. You got to be honest with people. And I still believe that if you're if you do those things, regardless of what party you're in, uh, there's actually a bill down there to get rid of the straight party ticket voting. Um, Absolutely. That uh, that I think you you could sell in the state of Iowa. All right. Now we're gonna take a break again. Can you stay around a little bit longer? Sure. We got to go. I planned on. Being All right. Because like I know I know so. you got a beautiful wife. I wouldn't want to be here talking to me <laughs> if I could be home talking to my beautiful wife. <laughs> Thank you for saying so, that. So um, we'll be back right after a short commercial break. You're listening to Doc and Lefty on WebcastOneLive.com. We're here every Tuesday from six to seven p.m. Uh, please come back after break. We'll continue our conversation with Senator Brad Zahn. Thank you for turning in. From the REMAX Real Estate Concept Studios, this is Webcast One Live. Drug and alcohol addiction slowly steals a person's identity, tearing away pieces of their life little by little until one day it seems like the hope of a happy future is gone and there's no chance of getting it back. Here at St. Gregory Retreat Centers, we can assure you that there is hope. Our unique approach to recovery begins with the understanding that the dysfunction and damage caused by addiction can be overcome, not just dealt with. Don't let another day go by. Call St. Gregory today.
It's like they want to get hit. Need a body shop? Oh my goodness. You're, we are back. This is Doc with Doc Lefty. We are so excited. So not, excited. Not only do we have a premier politician in Senator Brad Zahn joining us tonight, we have a new caller. Never heard from this guy before. Never heard from him. And Oh, by the way, our most frequent caller, Tim, uh, found out he is going to have a little boy. Oh, that's great. So that's terrific. So yeah, well, who, Jeff, how you doing? Hello? Hello? Yeah. Oh, this is Tim. Oh, this is Tim. Tim. Your most frequent caller. Oh, All right. Oh, oh, let down. Oh, we're let down now. No, oh, we're never man. let oh, down, Tim. <laughs> Frank, Frank's falling down on the job. I don't know what, yeah, what kind I, of holy I, water I, are you drinking I, in here. I guess I... No, Jeff. Maybe have bad phone service or something. All right. So what's yeah, up, Tim? I call in and uh, make a comment about what Brad Zonnet said about, uh, you know, just the state of the Libertarian Party and everything like that. I don't know. During the last election, everyone I talked to liked Ron Paul and would, would have voted for him if they thought he could have won. I mean, that was the big thing. They're like, well, I'd, I'd like to vote for Ron Paul, but it's just never going to happen, so I'll go Romney or Obama. Yeah, well, what do you think about that, Brad? Well, I heard the same thing, and, and thanks for the call, Tim. Uh, you know, I don't, you know, Ron Paul, um, that's kind of part of the problem, I think, what we got is we kind of have an anointed one in our primary process, Uh it doesn't seem like it's kind of a free-for-all like it is more around the state of Iowa on, on a congressional race, like our race, as well as some of the other ones. So um, I, I, I have no problems with Ron Paul as president. I did have some questions about some of the foreign policy things he had. Uh, Agreed. But, uh, but uh, you know, hey, listen, uh, monetarily, he was right on, right, right on. Mm-hmm. And really, mm-hmm. pretty much everything else he did, he was right on. So uh, I got an opportunity to meet with him a couple times and, and – uh, I certainly could have cast a vote for him. So, Tim, do you think uh, that the Republican Party, the establishment Republican Party, is is too in lockstep? Where you have the uh, the loser of one primary and John McCain being the next uh, the next nominee, and then you have the loser of that primary uh, being Mitt Romney being the next nominee, so on and so forth down in history. You mean? Uh, can you rephrase that? I do not understand the question. Well, well he is a lawyer. Well, I'm, I'm wondering if, if you feel that the the establishment Republican Party is too in lockstep with how their nominate how their nominees are, are chosen. Yeah, I think they're a little bit too much in lockstep, as well as I don't know. It, it it doesn't seem like they're really wanting to take advantage of the libertarians that are right leaning. They're not wanting to go into that field at all. They're not wanting to go more toward the middle. They're kind of staying with their base and trying to get those votes and they're just forgetting about all the young people who are a little bit more, you know, a little bit more left than far right. Yeah. Especially with social issues. Um, especially on social issues. Yeah. Blake and I have had a couple of conversations about how my opinion is, and I think this is backed up by Blake is that Republicans really lost a lot of this election based upon social issues. A lot of the people I know that are moderates really said, you know, the Republicans, when they get up there and they start talking about, Women's rights and immigration scare a lot of people. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, a couple uh, things, comments towards your, uh, your your statement, Tim. Number one, if if I was Mitt Romney, in hindsight's twenty twenty, I would have sat down with uh, Ron Paul and Ed said, "Hey, let's talk about this monetary policy that you have, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe I need to make that part of my campaign," uh, which I think would have really helped. I don't felt like uh, I didn't feel like that they really listened. Uh, to some of the issues that were that we're very passionate about, Ron Paul. 
Uh, and so, uh, you know, in regards to uh, some of the other issues that, that were around there, you know, I'll tell you why we got beat. And this is, I have a very good friend or acquaintance uh, that works at Des Moines Christian School uh, that's uh, very conservative, socially uh, very uh, conservative. And she, at three different times, had enraged Republican, mm-hmm. three different times, an Obama supporter, volunteer, came to her door three different times to try to talk to her about why Mitt Romney's bad for women, which was not true. Um, mm-hmm. But what happened is we got our butts whooped because, because organization. The organization oh, yeah. that the Obama uh, campaign had was second to none. And, uh, and there was other gaffes and other mistakes that were made along the way, but uh, we got killed because of that. You know, mm-hmm. it was portrayed that uh, Mitt Romney was against, uh, you know, anything to do with a woman. I mean, uh, and I mm-hmm. don't agree with that. I mean, I, I mean certainly, um, you know, for instance, social issues for me, uh, uh, it's very important. Some social issues are important to me. But I'm more interested in creating jobs. It's not my top priority. People think it's my top priority to ban traffic cams. It's not my top priority. Mm-hmm. I just happened to get in the news on that. That's just, um, yeah, that's everywhere in the news I've seen. Yeah. Well, well, Tim, uh, right, we're going to have to take another break here real quick. Is okay. there anything you want to tell Senator Zahn? Oh, I just wanted to tell him to keep up the good work. I'm very supportive of him, and uh, you can expect my vote for anything he runs for. Oh, wow. All right. That's really nice. Thank you very much. Tim. All right. Hey, no problem. Uh, we have uh, Senator Brad Zahn. We want to thank uh Thank him for showing up to our uh, uh, show today. We have another segment left. Uh, thanks, Tim, for calling in. He's uh, always a, a steadfast listener of ours. Uh, one of He's my favorite listener. He's my favorite <laughs> listener, too. Um, and uh, we will be back right after this break. Uh, you're listening to Doc and Lefty on webcast1live.com. From the REMAX Real Estate Concept Studios, this is Webcast One Live. Whether you're 10, 25, 50, 80 years old and beyond, everyone needs to live within their means. I'm Tom Coates with Consumer Credit of America. For almost a quarter of a century, we've helped people of all ages learn to manage their personal finances to benefit them far into the future. When problems arise, we've got the experience you need to make those debt problems go away. Got financial problems? Call Consumer Credit of America. If Tom Coates from Consumer Credit of America was your personal webmaster, Tom would filter out all bad debt emails. If Tom was your mailman, you'd never get any debt reduction junk mail. If Tom Coates was a lineman, he'd block any phone calls offering to reduce your credit card debt. Hi, I'm Tom Coates with Consumer Credit of America, and we're still your best choice for credit counseling. We're local, we're accountable, and we can do more. You make the call when the time's right for you. When it comes to competition, there really is none for Consumer Credit of America. This is Doc with Doc and Lefty. We are here with Lefty and our very special guest, Senator Branson, who has taken an entire hour out of his legislative day, out of his very business day, and out of his family day just to come down here and talk to me and the big mook over there in the corner, Lefty. <laughs> I, I have nothing to say about oh, it. Oh, I'm amazing. I'm very sorry to all the listeners out there that I've taken an hour of your time up. I do so, want to clarify one thing that I did get a text message on. <laughs> I, I am not very good with keyboards, and uh, what I did is I guess I said I am a little pecker, and I can tell you <laughs> this is what I was talking about, pecking keys. 
And yes, so the hunt make peck sure system. We clarify that, but thank it, you. Yes, that. yes, that, that's that's okay. We well, we were just going to let it go and edit it out, but now <laughs> we got another section we got to edit out. You know, because you know, Brad's on sitting here. I'm a little pecker, is not you know. Yeah, I'm giving you anyway, a crap, Brad. It's a pretty good thing. Yeah, Brad. Brad's got a great sense of humor, which is uh, not usual for uh, politicians, either no. left or right. No. And uh, so we really appreciate you being here. Um, there, there. Some states, two states, have um, a basically they divide up their electoral college among the the uh, congressional districts. Um, and there's a, a rash of states that are thinking about doing the same thing. Is there any plans, any talk in the Iowa Senate or in the Iowa House about doing something similar? I've gotten two emails in regards to that. I don't know if any legislation has been passed. I will tell you that I think there was a real big push uh, that they were assuming that the last election would be very, very close, which it ended up not being, mm-hmm. uh, that, that there was a push to that. I do believe this would be bad for Iowa. Uh, first of all, I think that the Constitution, the way it was written, uh, was really written brilliantly so that rural states had about the same uh, power as the more urban states where the population was. I think if that would happen, Iowa, there would not be one presidential candidate that would probably stop in the state of Iowa uh, because of the national popular vote push that's going on. I would not support that. Uh, but uh, like I said, I think if you explain, and most of the people, when I get those emails, I explain, it would really hurt the state of Iowa because we're a very small population state. All right. And, then, and, and to tell you, um, Brad, that's that's really the the best sort of explication of that particular um, issue that I've heard. I mean, because you hear the the fire alarms on the left going off saying, oh. What, what is an explplication? Don't make me explain it. I have no idea what it, it is. It, I'm sorry to interrupt. Keep on going. Well, I, I don't. I, I use it, but I don't. I can't give you a definition off the top of my head. Basically, basically, if you're going to um, uh, explain the, de- the technical details, of the, I don't know. I'm making stuff up. I might have just misspoke. All oh, right, right. Who knows? Just go ahead. Just I'm go a little ahead. pecker too. So, um, but no, the the most the most honest sort of a um, defense against this because you have the the folks on the left freaking out because oh my gosh, Romney would have won if this had been in place in 2012, and then you have the you know, some folks on the right who are fending off attacks of, of uh, changing the rules of the game since they lost and and having it more of a, a constitutional um, a federalism kind of uh, uh, take, I think, is, is really refreshing. So what what do you think um, about these? I'm not quite sure how to explain it. There's a group of people that think that we should have only a popular vote. And I know what you just said there, but do you think there's a basis for that? Because it would obviously be, you know, Al Gore would have been president. You know, William, not William Howard Taft, the guy that ran against him, would have been president. You know, what do you think about just having a straight popular vote? Just uh, it makes sense to me that the person that gets the most votes wins an election. Uh, It's won by, like you say, congressional districts is what it is. Uh, In this particular instance, uh, it would have probably benefited Mitt Romney rather than uh, mm-hmm. President Obama. I think that our framers of the Constitution recognized that there was less populated areas, more agriculturally based areas versus the more populated New York and, and, the, mm-hmm. and the Boston and that kind of stuff. I do think that the that our that our our people that drew up the Constitution were keeping that in mind, and this system has worked very healthy. We could get into an argument about the Bush Gore race in the Supreme Court deciding that. But I really do believe 
us as a country are better off for better representation in a power uh, situation for small states like the state of Iowa, it really brings us up to the top because of that. Okay. And that's why we saw the presidential candidates camping out in the state of Iowa this last year. Well, let me bring up some old news. Uh, the governor and A.J. Spiker, the chairman of the Republican Iowa Republican Party, had a, you know, a little bit of a dust-up over the Iowa straw poll. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think the fallout from that is going to be? Well, uh, I would be very hopeful that A.J., uh, who I support as our, as our chairman of our party, uh, and the governor get together and talk about this. I think it's great to always have a conversation to see how we could do things more effectively. Uh, and uh, certainly there was a big mistake that happened up in Ames, Iowa, uh, this last year. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that regret the way that happened. Uh, but I certainly think that we need to have the conversation. It's a huge fundraiser for the Republican Party. I mean, bottom line, mm-hmm. that's what it is. Uh, listen, I was involved in Michelle Bachman's campaign. We worked. She won the straw poll. I know how hard that was and how much capital was expended through that. So maybe we do something different. We still have some kind of celebration like that. Uh, but I think that uh, hopefully the governor and AJ will get this all figured out. All right, good, because you don't want your two, the two leading Republicans butting heads. Right. You know, and that's... That what what do you think? How do you think the Republican Party can heal this this rift that they have? Um, it'd be really nice if everybody just sit down uh, and uh, talk through this. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, you have. Uh, I mean, just put the cards and there's a lot of Ron Paul people uh, that are very involved. I think we missed an opportunity uh, to bring them in, uh, rather than it seemed like there was this divide between. Uh, the establishment Republicans and the Ron Paul. We can talk about the Tea Party, whatever you want to call them. Uh, and so uh, I don't think it's healthy for Republicans. If I was a Democrat, I'd be saying, yes, I love it. Uh, but I do believe, I do believe, uh, because I'm, uh, I'm a very optimistic person, uh, that they'll get everything worked out. Hopefully we'll get behind a candidate uh, in four years or two years or whatever that is that we could all get behind and we work hard uh, for that candidate rather than some of this uh, you know, backbiting and backstabbing has been going on. You do you think that, and I know that we're almost finished here, I said one uh, question I thought of, do you think that if the if the, the Ron Paul folks who've been calling them all night and the more establishment Republicans could get together and figure out their differences on foreign policy, mm-hmm. that that would resolve most of the other differences? Uh, that's going to have to come from, uh, uh, to answer your question is no, uh, because I truly believe and I hate to say they're Ron Paul people. Let's just call mm-hmm. them, uh, you know, people that are libertarians. Sure. Uh, because Ron Paul's not around anymore. Uh, I mean, he really isn't. Um, but I do think that uh, there needs to be a conversation about that. And I think that there can be some common ground that could be found. Uh, I mean, that's national politics, big time, presidential, national. I think that's where the rift was. Uh, but, hey, listen, they're on our central committees all over the state of Iowa. And uh, we need to sit down and, and have a conversation and and uh, embrace you right. know, the new people. They're mostly new people. You bet. Now, we're with Brad, Senator Brad Zahn. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your business, how we can get a hold of you if you want to utilize it? You know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to say, here's how you get a hold of Brad Zahn. Is, uh, you can email me uh, at my legislative address, which is brad.zahn.iowa.gov, or you can call me at 515-281-3371. That's my state house number. Or home, 515-276-2025. I appreciate the plug on my business. My business is Grapnel Tech Services, located in West Des Moines. You can Google it, and we got a website. 
All right, great. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks, Tim, for calling in. Again, thank you, Brad, hardest working man in politics, for showing up, giving us an hour of his time. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, Brad is also going to have a show on Thursdays from what, 1 to 2? Uh, from 4 to 5. From I am 4 to 5? I'm going to be doing it with Jack Whitfer and uh, Mark right. Shelgren. And, uh, but it's an honor to be on your show, Pat. You've always been a good mm-hmm. friend. Uh, people don't realize I mean, I missed you after the campaign was over because we were pretty much hanging out all the, all the oh, time yeah. together. Uh, but you're a great, great Iowan, and, and certainly I don't know you very well, <laughs> but you sound like an incredible person as well, and I wish you well, guys for a liberal. luck. Well, I wish you all luck in your show. All right, thanks. We'll be back next week from 6 to 7 p.m. here on webcast1live.com. I want to thank all of our callers and listeners, and Brad's on for joining us today. We'll see you here next week. Have a pleasant evening.